Welcome to Day 8 of Shaped by the Word, Season 3, The Story of the Prophets. Uh, we're covering the last third of your Old Testament, which are the major and the minor prophets. Uh, but more than anything else, we're trying to bring you into the story of the prophets. Uh, God's story of redemption starts with the person of Abraham. Uh, he blessed Abraham, uh, promised to make him into a great nation, and through that nation to bless all the families of the earth. And so we have this wonderful story about how these people went into Egypt uh, in order to be rescued from a famine, become a people. God rescues them in a powerful act and brings them to the foot of Mount Sinai and promises to be their God and for them to be his people. And they will be for him a kingdom of priests, uh, which means that they will declare his praise and glory to the nations. They are to both demonstrate the power of God's grace and to declare the wonder of who God is. And, of course, Israel, much like we have, uh, fails at almost every step of the way, either to demonstrate the beauty of God's grace and the way they live their lives or to declare the you know, grace of God to the other nations. So uh, we bring Israel into the land. Uh, once they've conquered the land, they fall away from God. They seek a king. The first king that they have is a king who looks more like the kings of the surrounding nations than the king that God uh, would give them after his own heart. And so you have this bright moment in Israel's history when they're led by David, who is that king after God's own heart. But soon after, the nation begins to prosper and expand its borders. And no sooner does it prosper than it falls away from God. And, and the nation breaks in two. And this is a part of the story that most of us miss. When we talk about Judah, we're talking about two tribes uh, in the south. And when we talk about Israel, we're talking about ten tribes in the north. And they both go in very different directions. Uh, ten tribes in the north immediately erect altars uh, to the golden calves. And they say, this is your God in both Eno, Dan, and Bethel. And, and so they're idolatrous from the very beginning. So when we start the story of the prophets, we're in about the middle of the 8th century. And it is one of the most prosperous times for both of these nations. Uh, Judah is knowing a great time of peace and prosperity. Israel is knowing a great time of peace and prosperity. And in the middle of the peace and prosperity, uh, they're thinking this is God's blessing and things will always uh, be prosperous for them. And the prophets are kind of a nagging voice that come to say this is an opportunity for you to recognize God's kindness and to repent. But if you don't repent, God's judgment is coming. So when we meet these you know, first three prophets, we meet Jonah and we meet Hosea, and we meet Amos, uh, they're kind of a fly in the ointment. Uh, they're saying, as great as things are, uh, God will bring judgment. And of course, that's kind of the story of the prophets. Uh, the story of the prophets is a very simple message. Uh, you've turned away from God. Uh, if you do not repent, there will be judgment. But even after judgment, God is a redemptive God who will bring hope. And so that's where we find ourselves in the book of Amos. And so Amos has started in kind of a wonderful way. He's pronounced judgment on all the surrounding nations, and you can hear Israel you know, rejoicing with him. God's finally going to show up, and he's finally going to judge our enemies. But then he turns his attention toward Israel, and of course that's the remainder of the book. So we pick up uh, with that rhythm. So as we hear uh, Amos's critique of Israel, uh, those northern ten tribes, uh, we ought to be able also to look in the mirror and see uh, God's critique of both our culture and and of us on a very personal level as well. So as we always do before we read, and we'll pick up in Amos 5 today, before we read, 
Let's offer ourselves this moment and even this week uh, to the Lord. Cindy, you mind lifting us up with a word of prayer? No, I don't mind. Father, thank you for this time in your word. And uh, the section of scripture we're about to look at is both a lament and a call to repentance. And Father, may that be true of our own hearts in the reading of your word, that we would see how far we short we fall daily and cry out to you, Father, asking that you continue your work of salvation in our hearts. And we ask that you would do that through your word as you teach us and guide us and call us closer to you. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amos chapter 5. Hear this word, Israel, this lament I take up concerning you. Fallen is virgin Israel, never to rise again. Deserted in her own land, with no one to lift her up. This is what the sovereign Lord says to Israel. Your city that marches out a thousand strong will only have a hundred left. Your towns that march out a hundred strong will only have ten left. This is what the sovereign Lord says to Israel. Seek me and live. Do not seek Bethel. Do not go to Gilgal. Do not journey to Beersheba. For Gilgal will surely go into exile, and Bethel will be reduced to nothing. Seek the Lord and live, or he will sweep through the tribes of Joseph like a fire. It will devour them, and Bethel will have no one to quench it. Uh, There are those who turn justice into bitterness and cast righteousness to the ground. He who made Pallades and Orion, who turns midnight into dawn and darkness into night, who calls for the waters of the sea and pours them out over the face of the land, the Lord is his name. With a blinding flash, he will destroy the strongholds and bring the fortified cities to a ruin. There are those who hate the one who upholds justice in the courts and detest the one who tells the truth. You levy a straw tax on the poor and impose a tax on their grain. Therefore, though you have built stone mansions, you will not live in them. Though you planted less vineyards, you will not drink their wine. For I know how many are your offenses and how great your sins. There are those who oppress the innocent and take bribes who deprive the poor of justice in the courts. Therefore, the prudent to keep quiet in times, for the times are evil. Seek good, not evil, that you may live. Then the Lord God Almighty will be with you, just as you say is. Hate evil, love good, maintain justice in the courts. Perhaps the Lord God Almighty will have mercy on the remnant of Joseph. Therefore, this is what the Lord God Almighty says. There will be wailing in all the streets and cries of anguish in every public square. The farmers uh, will be summoned to weep and the mourners to wail. There will be wailing in the vineyards, for I'll pass through your midst, says the Lord. It helps to remember the, the context in which um, Amos is declaring these prophecies or these particular prophecies of doom and the lament over the nation of Israel is a time when they feel particularly prosperous and it sounds hollow uh, as they're sitting around and they're looking at the wealth that they're enjoying they're wondering how you know it'll ever not be exactly the way it is and uh, yet God has said this is not a chance to come complacent but it's a chance to repent mm-hmm. and, and turn back to him no I mean there seems to be in Israel a uh, when I'm reading this chapter, I'm I'm seeing kind of their pursuits. You know, he, he he they're pursuing stone mansions, lush vineyards, not pursuing justice, not pursuing the poor, and yet he's telling them, no, I want you to not pursue those things. But actually, he says it several times. You know, seek me, seek the Lord. You know, let me be the one you're going after, not these other things. And so we see that at the core of of Israel here, and obviously at, at the core of us at times that. What we're seeking after is so important, but we have to make sure we're seeking after the right thing. Um, not the things of this world, but 
after the Lord, who's who's full of mercy and compassion, and and that's where actually we find life is in seeking Him, and that's the same invitation here in Amos five. Now, uh, you know, Paul Tripp in his book, you know, Do You Believe, talks about uh, confessional theology, which is what we say we believe, and functional theology is how we live. And so there's a confessional theology, you know, that has confidence in God and confidence in God's blessing, but their functional theology denies God. And, of course, the way they deny God is, is through their idolatry. Mm-hmm. And, and usually you'll find this rhythm in the, pro, you know, in the prophets. There are three things that the prophets will indict the nations of Israel and Judah for. One is their idolatry. Uh, they're not just simply, you know, giving lip service to to Yahweh or the living God or the God of their covenant, but they're also, you know, covering their bases by sacrifice and superstition with other gods. And then the lack of social justice, mm-hmm. uh, that they're not treating the least and the weak and the poorest and, and the marginalized uh, well. They're not lifting them up. Matter of fact, they're taking advantage of them in order to live in the luxury that they're living in. And then the you know third part is you're just going through the motions, your sacrifices, and all of your offerings and even your songs of praise, you know, are, are nothing to me because of the heart, you know, that they're coming from. Mm-hmm. You know, it says in seven, uh, there are those who turn justice into bitterness and cast righteousness to the ground, and you know, yeah, they're they're doing that. But even bigger than that, you know, they've walked away from God because God's character um, embodies justice and righteousness. And uh, you know, as His people, if we if we claim to be his people, then we will love the things that God loves and demonstrate a character or reflect a character that he has. And just the fact that they have have turned to um, this lack of justice and, and righteousness um, is an indictment for sure. Yeah. And, and, of course, we, we talk about this all the time, that those words talk about uh, they're more covenant terms than any other any, anything else. It's mm-hmm. not just a bunch of rules and laws and procedures we follow. Um, but to seek righteousness is to be rightly related to God, yeah. and to live righteously is to be rightly related to your neighbor. Mm-hmm. And, and they're they're doing neither. They're neither seeking the heart of God nor living in compassion, uh, you know, toward the poor. Mm-hmm. And, and of course, you hear the lament, you know, coming mm-hmm. in verse two: "Fallen as virgin Israel mm-hmm. from the purity of a, you know, just a, a beautiful daughter." Uh, to uh, you know, to someone who is as far from the heart of God as it could possibly be, and then throughout uh, throughout the prophets, there's always the cry, the judgment is coming, but there's still room for you to repent. And so mm-hmm. you get in, you know, verse four: Seek me and live. Do not seek Bethel. Do not go to Gilgal. Do not journey to Beersheba. And all of these are important. You know, cities in the story of you know, of the Old Testament. Bethel is where Jacob you know, made the pillar and saw the stairway to heaven. Mm-hmm. So surely this is a holy place. Uh, when you talk about Beersheba, it's one of the places where Abraham made a covenant with the surrounding people to live in peace in the land. So they have a big part of the story, but the places in themselves uh, will not bring the desire that God is looking for. Mm-hmm. It says, don't seek holy places. Seek the Holy One mm-hmm. of Israel. No, that's good. And he does tell them, seek good, not evil. And I love it in 15, kind of a simple, hate evil, love good, maintain justice. You know, it's that's the call for sure for these people. And you have that nice little quip, seek good and not evil that you may live. Mm-hmm. Then the Lord God Almighty will be with you, mm-hmm. just as you say he is. Yeah. You presume <laughs> yes. on his presence, Yeah, um, but he is not with you. He's actually opposing you because your hearts 
are not rivet. Mm -hmm. So there's kind of the flavor of Amos and then kind of the flavor of the yeah. prophets as well. As we continue through uh, the prophets, you'll continue to hear this. And of course, they give it to us in oracles and they give it to us in poetry. They give it to us in sermons and they give it to us in, in, in wonderful you know, images as we continue through this. Heavenly Father, may we have ears to hear and eyes to see mm -hmm. uh, what Amos is saying to Israel. Uh, we know that we tend to, to go through the motions. We know that we tend to seek our own comfort rather than the welfare of others. We know that uh, many times our, our hearts uh, are as far from you as they could possibly be. Mm -hmm. Our confessional theology is good. We say the right things, and we say we believe the right things, but our functional theology is we live as if we were the center of our world and our universe. Mm -hmm. Thank you for the grace of showing us your heart, Thank you for the grace of the invitation to seek you and live. And thank you for the grace of challenging us in our complacency and sin. It's in your precious name we pray. Amen. Amen.